Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. With £2,000 off the range, make the L200 your ultimate workmate. What do you mean Andre isn't here? I can't do a show without Andre, Kev. I like to think I'm more valuable than him, but the reality is he's on holiday. Who's going to wheel me to the microphone on this chair? <laughs> Hang on, I'll do it myself. They're like, fucking Ironside. <laughs> he's on holiday. He's on holiday. Well, who booked him out on holiday? Uh, well, he, he asked the boss, and the boss said, yeah, you could take uh, a few days, because he works hard, apparently. Who knew? Uh, so, as a result of that, we're on our own. It's just us. So Trish the Tissue gave him the day off? Trish, the, Trish, Tish, Tish, the Tissue is just, yes. OK. What if I press this button, then? I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Now try the other one. Oh, yeah. Ian Collins wants a word. So what are we going to do, then? I know what we're going to do. Yeah? We're going to talk about socks. There is every reason to talk about socks. Socks are not discussed enough. Think about this. Do you ever see a TV commercial advertising socks? I can't ever think of a time. No, actually. I can't think of a time when anybody says... I mean, I know you get clothes commercials. Yeah. And uh, one assumes, you know, they sell all manner of attire and tat, uh, whether it's a sensible jacket, some nice pantaloons, or maybe a a crisp shirt. But I never saw... Anyone on a TV commercial advertising socks? Paul Ross advertising them, is he? Socks. Or the man from the Barrett commercials, Patrick Allen. Allen. Patrick Allen, yeah. You need socks. I have a lot of socks. Oh, well, you see, this was the question. This was based on the question. Right. So much so. Are you aware of my socks and pant dilemma ongoing? uh, Right. Here's the way I imagine it goes in the the Collins household. Okay. You have some sort of gold lame chest of drawers. (laughs) And in each drawer you have... It's like like, Liberace's house. I would imagine it's like a mini bar and you have like immaculately rolled up pairs of socks all in their own individual folders. Oh, that'd be great. And all of the, you know, your your pants are vacuum pressed into plastic and all that kind of thing and... Indexed is what I would imagine. Vacuum pressed socks. Yeah, or vacuum pressed pants. Well, it's interesting. The the ongoing dilemma about the socks was always, and it was the same for boxer shorts. Should you not own? Every man should own sixty pairs of boxer shorts. Sixty. Hang on, and sixty pairs of socks. Right. And there's absolutely basic common sense in this. So the initial idea behind it might prove a little pricey but it could never be more expensive than doing it any other way. Okay. It will always be cheaper. So, firstly, you're buying in bulk. You're getting it all done. But the great thing is, how, I mean, what's the, what's the pant-stroke-sock change ratio once a day for most people? Uh, I would say so, unless you're going out. You might be going time. out. You might want to go, I'll go pant-change, yeah. bound. Yeah. And so you, you, you change for going out and you change your socks. But on the whole... Once a day. Most uh, people change their yeah, pantage and yeah. sockage. Yeah. Okay. So right. based on that, based on the once a day principle of wearing socks and pants, that means you only have to wash said socks and pants as a collective every two months. A couple of things. Right. There's a couple of problems with that, though. Well, uh, hang on. Okay. Hang on. I'll right. come to that. Right. Yep. So firstly, one of the issues surrounding replenishment in the pant and socks department is that it isn't just wearing the knackers your cacks and socks. Yeah. It's also the washing of. So you right. wash a pair of socks, and they just tend to get, you know, get those little fluffy bits on socks, and they're always there, and 
they kind of just sit there on the heel bit and the toe bit, and they're yeah. just... Yeah. It's like the soccer's got corns. Mm-hmm. So washing them in itself is actually a damaging process. Washing is like the ageing process for clothes. You have this conversation with your missus every now and then. Many times. This is why I don't wash. She is so pissed off (laughs) with this conversation. But I think I've sussed it. So you wash less, okay? so they last longer. You buy in bulk, so it's cheaper. Right. You wash less, so it's cheaper. You can factor in, if you want, the environmental component, which will always... Of course, reign supreme for many people's thinking. Same as hotel. Is this the hotel thing? Please don't throw your towel on the floor to be washed every day. Hang it up so that uh, you know you can reuse it and save the environment. Yeah, but you see, when I so I asked on Twitter and I said, how many pairs of socks is it reasonable, stroke healthy for the average man to own? One person did say fifty. Some people said seven. So you wash every week. Yeah. Now let's take merchant who buys the seven pairs of socks. So you buy the seven pairs of socks, you're going to be washing those every week. Those socks will last you no longer than a year. Okay. If that. If right. that. Okay, right. You're washing, that's 52 washes. I'm with you. Whereas on my scheme, they're only having six washes a year. Right. But what are they doing in the meantime? What do you want they're doing? They're performing in the fucking <laughs> West End. What do you think they're doing? <laughs> They may well they're be. They're sitting in a drawer. So all you have to do... No, no, but what are the dirty ones? Oh, the dirty ones yeah. sit in a washing basket. For two months. Especially... Well, I had, another mate of mine said this. How bad do your feet chuck up that you think that's going to cause a problem? Well, it, d- it depends what they've been doing. I mean, well, I, if I, you've sh- yourself, yes. <laughs> maybe you might... Socks, I'm like... OK, but, you know, you have a small child who might have shat on your socks. <laughs> I don't well, that's know. True. Yeah, you might have to have an emergency wash. Yeah. If something... If you have an accident... You might have to have an emergency wash. But basically speaking, you have a wash basket that's dedicated to your undies, socks and pants. Which just build up over time. So you just lob them in there. There you go. You've got it sussed. That's your compartment for your ready-to-wash. And then when they're all done, end of the month or end of the two months, you wash the whole darn lot, you stick them in your drawer, you've got to think about pants and socks for another eight weeks. Is this actually... Now, you're, you're talking about this... So you know, in hypothetical terms, but is this what you do? You actually have sixty pairs of no, socks? No, but I do have thirty-five. Thirty-five, which I think is still pretty good. Socks are a little bit of a bone of contention. My socks, okay, in in old Casa de Sideshow, in that uh, Mrs. Sideshow, yeah, um, while bored some time ago, decided to go through and count how many pairs of socks I had. Now, this is ones that can actually be matched and pairs and so on, because yeah. I have a lot of socks because. It's that old thing, isn't it? When you're when you're a kid, you get your dad some socks, yep. and it, then it becomes a joke. So I still get the odd pair of socks for Christmas, wedding anniversaries, birthdays, and things like that. But anyway, she went and she matched up my socks because you know she's got nothing else to do, and um, she counted them and she came up to the grand total of the number of pairs of socks I have. Two hundred and forty-eight. Stop it! Honestly. Hang on, you were dissing my 60. <laughs> I don't you use them 248 all. of the 248, things. yeah. Various ones. Doctor Who socks, Star Wars socks, uh, all but your novelty socks, Marvel socks. You, know you name I, it. You know what I've done? I forgot the other component to the plan, the two-month plan. You have the socks all have to be the same. Yes, well, I'll, 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 also, wait, we'll have, now when you say the same, like all all black, all all blue. Mine are all blue. Okay. They're all Hang on. Let's have a look. Oh no. They're <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of those of you who are not watching on webcam, today they're sort of 
Orange. That's mustard. <laughs> That's mustard. It's orange. No, there's a reason for those. I'm not even going to bore you with that. Right. Uh, they, <laughs> they have to be... Yeah, you, you get the same sock. Because that also allows you to just have a sock drawer where you don't have to do that thing of turning them in like your mum used to. Yeah. You just chuck them all in the drawer. doesn't matter which two, which ones you, you grab. Uh, well, I, this is a good question, actually. When, do you bo- put your socks into a ball? Well, not any because longer. That, well, that's very bad for them, apparently. You're well, supposed to just tuck over the tops and have the rest right. hanging That's right, but loose. if you just have the same socks and you've got 60 pairs, which is, of course, as far as my mathematics can work out, and Rennie Descartes, eat your fucking heart out, <laughs> that's 120 individual socks. Right, yes. You just lay them in a drawer. They don't have to have anything done to them. It doesn't matter which pair you grab. They don't have to be a pair. Right, so me with my 248 pairs of... Almost every pair that's is different. That's insane. Yeah, so you can imagine how, how wash day goes in my house. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, because you've got colour issues, you've got white socks, and then you think, do I wash them with my on-the-buses socks? <laughs> do I wash them with my Mr. Men socks? Do you think... That um, just throws up sock dilemmas. I've solved this. I'm, I'm cutting all of this crap out of everybody's life. So I'm addressing all of these issues with my plan. But um, surely you have the odd uh, sports sock lying around without its meat. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, there's always a... Well, you, you were a teenager once. But that was from being a kid. <laughs> yes. Although I'm always amazed at how many people do actually uh, still regard school days as the best days of their life. I find that very strange. I find that really strange. Because I've had a far better time after school. Yeah, you can do stuff. Yeah. You can't do anything when you're a kid. You are impeded at every freaking level of life. As a kid, yeah. all you can do is play on some grass. That's your entitlement. <laughs> play on some grass. There's some grass. It's probably got dog shit on it. Play on it for ten years. Well, until you get to be a teenager, then yeah, you get but then angst. You, yes, you're you were probably very angsty. I could, I could imagine you're a very angsty teenager. I wasn't. I don't. My mum says I was, but I don't think I thought I was all right. I mean, yeah. I knew some, you know, real rebels. Right. But what well, we all did, you know, there wasn't a bad kid in the class. Did you have a biker jacket with, like, mod written on the back of it? No, I didn't, but I was I, I was always observant of those. Do you remember when people at school used to do the, um, they made their own tattoos? Oh, with a... A, a compass and some Parker ink. That's it, yeah, yeah. Which probably stayed with them forever. Always looked good. Yeah, they looked brilliant, didn't they? There was yeah. always a dot on the knuckles and stuff. It was what kid. the hell was that about? There was a kid at our school who decided one day... To shave his eyebrows off and tattoo them on with a compass and no. something. And he looked like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I don't know why he just looked ridiculous. That's his nice. eyebrows sort of grew back in and he, he kind of got away with it. Yeah. But for the rest of his life, if you ever go up to Ballyhoo, you'll see him. He works in the local baker's now. Well, still with the. Yeah, Mickey still Mouse with eye. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's faded a little bit over time. Yeah, yeah. I could see you being quite angsty. No, I was all right at school. I was quite good. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do. I didn't like. I wasn't a massive... We did do... We let some stink bombs off. You know, we did some of that. Oh, yeah. Went on a day trip to France, and there were two things you could buy in France really easily. You could have probably bought them here, but we didn't know that, and they were stink bombs and bangers. Oh, yeah. Bangers were the big things. Right. Those suckers would go off like... Well, like bangers, frankly. (laughs) And they were wonderful. You had some of those. So coming back on the Sea Link ferry from Calais or Boulogne back to Dover... There were bangers going off all over the place. But toy shops. It was used like to an have... Oscar after show party from the coast. <laughs> What's going on on that boat? A lot of celebrations going <laughs> on there. Toy shops always used to have a, a section of jokes like stink bombs yes, and they bangers. Did. 
and the um, the soap, my, uh, the, the soap one, which always looked terrible because nobody, unless it would be like a really thin for for younger listeners, um, it'd always be like a really thin bit of soap with like a, a like it was ink or something in it and a, like a bit of paper just stuck over stuck it. over. Yeah, and, but the ad in the um, that you just reminded me of something. The, the ad made it look as if the soap itself exactly. turn your hand black, and actually all it was was like a bit of soot yeah. underneath a label. It was terrible. It was just rubbish. Because if your dad found it in the bathroom, he'd pick it up and yeah. go, well, I'm not using this, this looks rubbish. So we did this thing, me and my mate, Charlie Savory, we came up with this idea of selling jokes. We started a business okay. oh, of nice. selling this stuff. Right. Someone sent off for where would it have been advertised? Pre-internet? Where would this stuff? Probably in a comics. Comic. Comics. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Comics. You know, send off, and we got the whole price list. So we retyped the price list of the jokes and just added our own. So if people wanted the electric buzzer handshake thing, yeah, or the um, the the, the, the telescope with the ink on the end. Did you have uh, the um, one of my favourites, the chewing gum? Yeah, the, the chewing gum yeah, with the snaps your fingers. Snaps your fingers, yeah. off, which did genuinely hurt people. Oh, like snapo mint sure. or something, sure wasn't it? Snapo mint. Yeah. I'm sure they don't sell that stuff anymore. Uh, so there was all of that. So we started a business. I think it only ran for a couple of months. Right. But the idea was, yeah, well, I think we made, like, I remember the first time everyone had placed their orders for their bits and pieces, you know, the, the severed finger and oh, all yeah. manner of other stuff. And then on the Monday morning, we came in with a big jiffy bag, right, and we went round the back of this kind of mobile classroom bit. And we dispensed all the goods. And we'd made about a fiver each, which, as a third year, that was incredible. That's pretty good. Made a fiver each. And I don't know, we did it again, I think. But I think by that stage, our, our essentially our core customer base was exhausted. Well, it was the late 90s, so people were ordering stuff on the internet at that point. So of course you, they you were, just yeah. The internet slightly. had just come in. Yeah, indeed. So yeah. folk were, you know, there was us trying to get, you know, the strange little guillotine finger... By that stage, they were ordering David Copperfield saw your mother in half routines. Yeah. So it, it kind of went by the wayside. The culture of school, and there would always be people who'd be selling something, and then you'd always have the kids who sort of like, completely irrationally, would take the piss out of other kids just because, it sounds so weird, someone gets a haircut. and It was a you, massive moment. You would take the piss out of someone because... All day. You know, if, let's be honest. If we did that with you, it'd be like every ten minutes. We'd be point, <laughs> uh, college has had a haircut again, um, and the bumps on your birthday. You couldn't tell people when your birthday was because yeah. you get the bumps. That's true. Uh, trainers was or shoes, new shoes as well. Yeah, new shoes. That was a any of those things. I, I, does that still happen? I've no idea. Are kids made to feel self conscious for that day. I try not because to hang new, around schools to find out. New, to be honest, for a new haircut or a new pair of boots or something. But then I think that whole thing, I can't imagine the school experience has changed all that much. Do you remember seeing a teacher in town or yes. at the weekend or somewhere wearing jeans? Yeah. That would be really weird, wouldn't it? There it is, your day off and you're in town and there's Mr. Smith, the maths teacher, <laughs> normally wearing a suit, yeah. wearing jeans. Did you have any cool teachers like who were actually properly different? You know, you got your Dead Poet Society, yep. inspirational, seize the day style. Yeah, Jakey Parr. Jakey Parr. Jakey Parr was so old, Jakey Parr taught my mother at the same school. Right, okay. So he'd gone through a couple of generations. There was another teacher called Miss Slater, and she taught my mum as well. So between the two, they were the kind of the oldest, and they were the most eccentric, because they came from an era where you could have caned kids, and they still sort of retained. Jakey Parr was hilarious in a weird way he was very strict i remember once they were doing some building work outside the 
technical drawing room. Yeah. He taught technical drawing. And this old duffer, he shouted at the top of his voice, very, very posh, colonel-like, you know, very, very sorry about what's happening with the building work going on outside. Mm. I have no other option, class 15B, whatever we were, other than to teach you in silence and mime. (laughs) (laughs) You can only imagine how funny that was to a group of 30... 15-year-old Did you have someone playing the piano as he's doing lessons? It was brilliant. He actually carried on a lesson and he mimed his way through it. It was utterly f***ing meaningless. (laughs) And he knew it and we knew it. But it was worth an hour of technical drawing. We had a history teacher, uh, Mr Norman, I think his name was, who everybody liked. And the reason being was he... It was in in Ballyhoo uh, Secondary School. It was a very small history department and it was only like two or three teachers because you know many of them died getting up the hill to the school but um everybody liked him because teachers if, died well these days right if you're a kid you can take a bottle of water into the class so yeah. that you don't dehydrate yep back in the you know 90s when we were at school you weren't allowed to do that but mr norman would let you bring in like a can of coke you want a can of coke take in a can of coke take in whatever didn't mind didn't care this automatically made him cool because everyone was sitting there with their fizzy drinks, learning about history, and it made them pay attention. Yeah. Plus, there was a teacher's strike, and he just gave everybody an A. <laughs> That's brilliant. He said, I'm not allowed to mark them, just everyone give yourself an A. Here's the thing about, you know, constantly watching those programmes, and whether it's Jamie Oliver or somebody else, or Hugh Fernley, what's his face? I keep seeing him. What, in the street? On the tube. Do you? It's either him or he has a million lookalikes. Always carrying a stoat. Oh, Whittingstall's famous for his stoat. Oh, loves his yeah. stoat. Can't get enough stoat. Stoat on a stick. He loves it. Uh, and also in the House of Commons, this debate about school dinners. Yeah. And too many kids having too many chips. And this isn't good because every dinner time, kids go to the canteen and all they do is order the pizza and the chips. And Jamie Oliver has tried to make it, you know, his thing, or he did do it, I don't know if he's still doing it, to try and get the kids to eat healthier. He's saying... Don't always go for the chips. So when you get to the counter, you know, look at what's there. Think how cool salads can be. Go for the salad. Mm. Ignore the chips. And the politicians are saying the kids are eating too many chips. And they talk to the mums, and the mums are saying, well, I don't know what to do because he has a healthy meal when he comes home. When he's at school, he eats too many chips. And I'm just waiting for somebody to say, why don't you not sell f***ing chips? (laughs) Yes. Just do away with the chips. Some places have. Then you can't buy the chips. Yeah, some places have, I think. But what do they replace them with? Which is probably no problem. I just find it, if not duplicitous, just slightly odd that this ongoing campaign to get kids to eat healthily doesn't seem to extend to just putting healthy food on the menu in the first place. But I think as well, with with kids... It's, Fritters. You know, same to you. I think with kids, though, it's sort of... Um, you have to be very careful, I think, as to what you let them have and don't have. Because if you say, you can't have that, it's terrible, then when they have the opportunity to try it, they will go and try it. Mm. So surely it's a question of balance. Well, there is the thing, isn't there, that if you don't... I, I don't know how it works now, but you can you could either go out for dinner or you could stay in. So you either went home for lunchtime. Yeah. Or you could go out. But if you went out, you couldn't come back in or something? Wasn't it something like no, that? Something like that, Couldn't yeah. come back in until the hour was up so yeah. that you couldn't kind of mix the two. So on a Friday, we used to go to a chip shop called Barton's and then to a bakery called Ashdown's. Oh. And they were quite near each other. And you get a cone of chips. Uh, that's all we had. Never, never had anything with it. It was just the chips. 
And then we go and get like some kind of donut number out of Ashdown's Bakery. Oh. Yeah. And you stick the chips in it. Well, it's worth going in Ashdown's Bakery for two reasons. One, the uh, guy that owned it, his daughter, was pretty gorgeous. Right. So we all fancied her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other reason was that if you went on the right day, the man making the cakes lost it in the back of the kitchen. <laughs> so suddenly you just hear this kind of almost carry-on style pots and pans being lobbed all over the place and a baking tray coming through the front of the shop. Right. Because old man Ashdown had lost the plot while trying to get his uh, his, his dough out of his um, trying to, yep, thing. Stick his jam in his donuts. And all that. Now, as you've probably noticed, it's 2015. And if you're in the market for a shiny new motor to complement this shiny new year, then let me tempt you with a fabulous and very shiny Mitsubishi ASX. The ASX four-wheel drivability fused with urban agility is a true crossover ready for every adventure. And right now, you can save £1,000 across the range, which start at just 13999 with some great finance options available. Want one? Just visit mitsubishi-cars.co.uk to find out more. And the other thing at school, of course, was do you remember when you found out a teacher's name? Uh, well, uh, what Mr. a revelation that was. Mr. Norman told us his first name was Bob and insisted everyone call him Bob while we're sitting there with fizzy really? drinks and so on. By the way, just to go back um, uh, a couple of minutes, when I said about th- my view on parenting isn't this is bad, don't do this, and I was saying about uh, kids uh, then seeking it out. Right. Uh, that's well, I'm talking about food. I'm food. not talking about things like drugs. No, because drugs are bad, kids. They're bad, uh, and you know that's a whole different thing. Just but I say think no. You should say no, like Zamo yeah. did. Yeah, didn't he go and meet Nancy Reagan? Isn't there the story that they all went to the White House and smoked dope and got drunk and stuff like that? Well, they did go to the White House. Yeah, I think they had a photograph with Nancy Reagan on the drug campaign. Right. I'm putting. I'm, I'm, I don't know whether they got off their tits while they were there. I think they might have done. Really? I think. They, I think the story was years not later. Smoke in the Oval Office. <laughs> well, it depends what you're smoking. Well, Obama is a smoker, isn't he? I think he gave up. Did he? Yeah. I like David Cameron. They all give up, don't they? David Cameron. Nick Clegg hasn't given up. Oh, I'm sure he has. Now that he's in office, I'm sure they've all given up now. Uh, no, he says he ha- he says he hasn't. Really? Yeah, he's often asked. Well, he's certainly given up politics, hasn't he? <laughs> he gave that up a long time ago. So what happens when you become a Lib Dem? I'm not interested in politics anymore. I'm joining the Liberal Democrats. <laughs> uh, so what, Miss Sykes, who was the very kind of oldish, austere chemistry teacher, who'd won some kind of innovation award uh, for, for bringing something to the world of chemistry. Right. And she was all right. She was a smoker, by the way, talking of smoking. Um, and we knew that because we'd seen her through the through the staff room window. Which was always a haze. It was always Start like a fog, yet. If you ever got yeah. a look in the staff room, that was really something. They always came out afterwards with sugary coffee that they brought into the lesson yeah. and sat there on their desk. And I used to think, that looks bloody lovely. Sugary coffee. Yeah. We're sitting there. That always looked rather delicious. So we knew Miss Sykes was a smoker. And imagine the fun we had when we saw her puffing away in the in the staff room. That was hilarious. But... Nowhere near as funny when we discovered that Miss Sykes' name was Ramsey. <laughs> oh, nice one. I mean, one. that is a beauty. Oh, that's good. Ramsey Sykes. And Ramsey Sykes saw herself as a bit of an inventor, because, as I say, once upon a time she'd done something, and spent most of the chemistry lesson giving us notes. You know, write this down. Here's a worksheet. Copy this. Um, we might do some experiments later on. And then she used to tuck herself in the corner 
kind of almost, you know, Igor style with a test tube, (laughs) (laughs) pouring bits and pieces, clearly trying to invent. I don't know what she was trying to invent there. She was clearly doing something that was nothing to do with the very lesson we were sitting in. Well. She was up to something, Dragon's Den style. I feel I need to Google Ramsey Sykes just to see. She might have done something. something. She might have um, Google Ramsey Sykes. Have a little look. Yeah. See if there's yeah. There, there might be something in there. She might have gone on to do something brilliant. She might not even be around anymore. She was quite old back then. See, that's a strange thought, isn't it? What? Many of your teachers may have passed. Yeah, away. you just don't know. Mm. But it, the other thing that that just reminds me of, by the way, of inventions, and I don't know how this happened in our contemporary world. Right. I understand the romance of what's behind it. But that's this thing called crowdfunding. Right. Got an idea. Mm-hmm. Not sure what to do. Want to invent it, but are short of money. Don't worry. Just ask a load of f***ing <laughs> strangers to pay for it for you. <laughs> At what point is that OK? I'm inventing a new shoe that will allow you to walk further. Right. Well... Can you donate £5? Uh, no. Could you stick your shoe up your ass? <laughs> Yeah, good. We'll do it. Well, I, I, I'll keep my fiver, thank you. By the way, I am. I've currently just stuck up on Kickstarter the arse shoe. So uh, <laughs> people want to give me some money. Yes. just Google Kickstarter I arse just, shoe. I just don't get it. It happens with people a lot in the media when they're trying to put um, a documentary together. There was somebody in politics that did this. I wanted to put a documentary together, and so they started the website, you know, Kickstarter thing, and said, so, "Look." Doing this documentary, I won't say what it was about because that will identify the person. Yeah. Um, if you donate ten quid, you get a, a certificate saying you donated to this documentary. If you donate fifty quid, you get at the very end a credit. You know, Indeed. Says, yeah. Thanks to all these people. Yeah. If you donate two hundred and fifty quid, you get a um, a producer credit. If you donate, fa- and on and on it goes. And I'm thinking, for what? For your idea? Pay for it yourself, you little fucker. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Well, it sort of depends, though. If someone has a Kickstarter and crowd... Like, um, they did it with a few movies. But if you're a big star and you fancy making a film and um, you've got quite a lot of money, but you want other people to Mm. pay for it, that's when I think it gets a little... And that's happened quite a lot. I think that gets a little bit cheeky. It happened with a podcast, strangely. Somebody, a well-known person, was making a podcast and they were only doing it once a month. And... They didn't do that many of them. Um, they said on the, I think the last episode they did, right. that they were looking for donations via this website. And the person said, "Look, I'm not trying. I don't want to make any money out of this, but at the same time, I don't want it to cost me any money." Yeah. So, and I believe that, but I don't think there was any intention of making money. But what I couldn't work out is how the multi-millionaire concerned couldn't just pay for the thing himself. Yes. That seemed, frankly, extraordinary. That. You would bear in mind the way that this particular person did a podcast. It was essentially one man and a mic. It didn't require very much in terms of time, studio hire, production, etc. It wouldn't have cost very much at all. And that's the kind of thing. In fact, I heard it recently on another podcast. Oh, yeah. Yes, that somebody was saying, you know, can you donate here and you'll get this and you'll get that and... We'll give you a web link to, for some extras. and I suppose that people do it for different reasons. If you've got a philosophically good idea that you think is a game-changer in you know, the way we live or the way we do things, and you're looking at the, uh, the funding for that reason, you get the masses involved so everybody is part and parcel of something that's gre- going to revolutionise right. science or technology. I, I, I kind of understand that. 
But often when you look into them, and I did say this to somebody once who was doing a Kickstarter thing, so what, do you get then get a share in it? And they said, no. Right, so you want me to give you money, mm. and when you make millions, you give nothing back. Yeah. That's essentially it. Well, why would anybody do that? I suppose it depends on how much they want the item in question and whether a T-shirt or a bunch of stickers is enough to make them happy. I get what you're saying, though, completely. It just seems f***ing cheeky. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Well, now that this is down on uh, virtual magnetic tape, um, <laughs> I'm hoping that you don't have cause in the future to ask anyone for any money. And so, you know, lots of people have ideas about it. There's a, here's a strange idea that somebody told me about the other day. Right. The fellow who was cutting my high barnet, as it happened. Haircut! Right. Trainers. <laughs> he said to me, uh, you've been to the Cat Cafe? And I said, no. Huh? And he said, you haven't been to the Cat Cafe? And I said, no. Really? Yep, still no. You wag wag oops. <laughs> You just hate it when people do that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, the clue was in the first answer. So he starts telling me about this thing called the Cat Cafe. Now, whether if they did kick-starting for this, this would be extraordinary. So the Cat Cafe apparently exists in a very trendy part of London. And the idea is you go in to have your breakfast, and you go in the door. Uh, when you go in the door, they shut the door, and well, he said lock the door. I don't think they need to lock it. <laughs> doesn't just, sound right. Well, I think they lock the door so that uh, nobody just walks in. Right. And you sit and have your breakfast with a load of cats walking around. Um, like 20 cats. Right. 30 cats. I don't know how many cats are there. Do they try and eat you? Probably. Or? It's a cat cafe. That's the whole theme of it. I haven't even yet Googled it, but anyone listening to this right now, Google cat cafe. It's in some trendy part of London. It definitely exists, and the idea is that you have a breakfast experience while surrounded by feline four-legged beasts known as a cat. Why would you want that? I have no idea. I've, I mean, of any kind of animal. I mean, I know... There's that whole thing, well, dogs, well, it's cats versus dog thing. You know, dogs lick their bollocks and stuff. Um, cats only lick their arse. Can, do cats have bollocks? Yes, they, yes, they do. Yeah, Just a couple of little ball bearings the, in well, there. The boy ones do. Yes. <laughs> well, I, in a wig way, I've no idea why I asked that question. Of course they have bollocks. You don't often see... Whereas if you go out, you, you see a dog in the street, and there's, you know, particularly a big old Hanging dog, low. And, you know, these sort of massive canine sandbags hanging from... <laughs> yeah. Beneath their tails, scraping along the pavement, scraping along the uh, the scene as they go down the road. Cats clearly don't have that same problem, but nonetheless, you know, your cat—it's a sneaky son of a gun. It's not a nice bit of kit. They always get off on this idea. <laughs> a nice that bit of kit. They always. <laughs> they <laughs> clever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they always get off on this idea that somehow, because they're always licking their bodies, they're somehow cleaner. But your cat is not. I don't think your cat's clean. In any, I don't think it's any cleaner than any other pet. They hate water for a start, don't they? Let me ask you a question. If you decided not to have your, like we were saying last week, your one or two showers per day, yes, um, or change your socks or whatever else, but you decided to keep clean, you were going to start licking yourself. How do you think you'd smell after a couple of days? Yeah, I know that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. So then imagine if you were covered in fur and you did the same. Plus, you wouldn't be able to reach everywhere. You can't lick your own elbow, can you? You know that? I'm not going to try it. Humans can't lick their own elbow. That's... I could lick your... Hang on. <laughs> I don't... Right, okay. Uh, that's true, you can't. Cats also presumably can't. Uh, can I just say, there's one other thing a man can't do as well. Which right. Bill Hicks brilliantly points out that we're only one vertebrae away from the ability to do something else. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, we can't. Hicks says if men could do that, 
we'd never ever go out. <laughs> he says, in fact, this would just be an audience now of women. There'd be no men there. No. And you'd be staring at an empty stage. <laughs> Beautiful. With cats, we used, yeah, you're right, we assume they're clean, but they're just they're just licking themselves. And they also the thing is about your cat, though, I mean, and to give a, an Ian Collins example here, we've already got the mental image of you, slightly furry, uh, keeping, keeping yourself clean by licking... Furry? What do you think I am, the Sasquatch? <laughs> Almost. Shaved Sasquatch. <laughs> the other thing that um, we couldn't do, that cats like to start with, mm. is they like to lick their bumhole first. Now, from a hygiene point of view... This doesn't sound very clever, but you that's another thing humans can't do. Lick their own... Yeah. Yeah. That's two vertebrae, I think. <laughs> yeah. Try it now. Andre... Oh, he's not here. So there you are in a cafe. So bearing in mind, cat has just licked its own anus. Yes. And the next thing it's going for is your sausage. <laughs> that's not a good place to be. <laughs> and I don't want to really sit in any restaurant with any kind of... You know, I know once in a while there's a quirk, like a pub has a... A dog, or there might be, you know, a parrot in a shop, or strange things like that. But the idea that you theme a cafe based on the fact that you will your ex- entire ex- breakfast experience, or whatever, I don't know if they open other times a day, mm. uh, your entire breakfast experience is based on the fact that you are going to be uh, eating your tucker surrounded by cats. There's, I don't get it. There's something of the Stephen King about it as well, isn't there? It's got yeah. that kind of sense of are they a collective? We're, Is it one family of cats? Are I, they different cats? Yeah, and they're going to go tribal and then just start attacking well, you. Well, that's what I mean. They've space. got that ability, isn't it? So, yeah. And it's all part of this whole themed cafe thing. So you've got this cereal cafe. Have you heard about this? Where I have, they yeah. They just sell cereal. So they yeah. buy. A, essentially what they do is buy a box of Frosties for £2. And sell it to you individually in the bowl for like four, four quid, quid or something. Yes. Yeah. So you buy, of which they get about ten bowls out of a packet. Yeah. So yeah. the markup is extraordinary. And it's just all the cereals you can think of. You can mix and match if you really want to. People don't tend to do that. But apparently the queues around the block for half-witted East London cool lights to pitch up and go, yeah, we're going to the cereal cafe. It's really good. Go to the cat cafe and have your f***ing eyes clawed out. <laughs> That's what I say. Yes, indeed. And pay off your student loan. It's, I tell you what, it's a real shame that Molly Sugden died. She'd be down that cafe stroking her pussy every day. She would have opened the cat cafe. She would have done, yeah. Celebrity opening, 20th of March. Molly, TV's Molly Sugden. <laughs> we'll be opening the cat cafe. Oh, there's a figure through the glass. Oh, he is here. Oh, Andre. Hey, you lazy git. All right, mate. He's oh, he was, he's typing something. Yeah. Sorry I'm late. Great. Should we start the show? I think we should. Credit stream. And there you go, one and all. Experimental <laughs> podcasting. Yeah. What about that? What about it? Your thoughts, please. Kev at once a word. Ian at <laughs> once a word. Uh, just let us know how that went. I think we already know. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast and want to support the podcast, don't forget to get over to iTunes to rate, review, and importantly, subscribe. You hit the subscribe button, then it pops into your blower every single week. It'll be there on your phone, tablet, wherever it is, on a weekly basis. By the way, Stitcher.com or TuneIn Radio, wherever else you want to pick it up, awesome Android stuff. fashion, all very, very good. Uh, the incidental music, what was the music called, Kev? Uh, in Competech.com, Kevin McLeod. He yeah. does the music sponsor feature, that kind of thing. All of that sort of stuff. I have a question for you. Go on. Do you think I can get this in the bin? Give it a go. Right. What do you think the chances are? Go on. Oh, missed. See if I can get this one in the bin. All right, bin. okay. Ready? <laughs> what a lot of shit. <laughs> this is meant to be the one bit of the podcast where we're sensible. <laughs> yes. But we actually sound like reasonable 
adults. Thank you to Abdul's Coffee Shack, as ever. Still supplying quality coffee since 2012. Yeah, he wasn't late today. He's always here with his pot of joy. (laughs) Wonderful man. We'll be back in seven days for another one of these. But who knows in what form it may take. Show up on time, you bastard! Until then, goodbye! A Big Things Media production. (laughs) Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the hard-working Mitsubishi L200. With £2,000 off the range, make the L200 your ultimate workmate.